Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org. This episode is titled, Creating a Spiritual Global Movement. Here is Gabriel of Urantia. Mahatma Gandhi, in his book, The Seven Steps to Global Change, says that you must participate in the democratic process. Take responsibility for a government. Think. The state is our state. We must participate in running it. Support the government only if it allows fair representation. He says to de-bureaucratize life says to practice decentralization. Small is beautiful. Small preserves a human skill, a human spirit. Support communication between government and citizens based on sharing as opposed to adversarial approaches. From the Futurist magazine, there is an article entitled Seven New Principles of Leadership. I can't read you the whole article, but this this article was presented by Donna Priestwood and Paul A. Shorman, Jr. They are co-founders of the consulting firm Glocal Vantage Incorporated. That's G-L-O-C-A-L, Vantage Incorporated. They're in Austin, Texas. They say that transforming organization requires developing leadership with individuals. One of their first principles is to know who you are. Who are you? The caterpillar asked Alice in uh, Adventures of Alice in Wonderland. We are now confronted with the same question. Making the decision to answer this question is the beginning of the journey to becoming a leader. We must understand what we know and what we don't know about ourselves. We must assess our resistance to intolerance for change, our fears, our preferences, and our skills and abilities. The bright morning star has taught us to know our limitations. We can only do what we are equipped to do in any one particular moment. Some of us have too high expectations of ourselves. Some of us too low. We have to find that balance in between what we're equipped to do now and what we're not equipped to do now. We must become useful in all that we can do now and strive toward becoming better and more useful to God. Here at Planetary Headquarters, we teach that In order to know ourselves, we must first know God. Who are you? Who are you, I would say, who are you in God's destiny and purpose? The second principle is to let go of what you 
got hold of. And of course, we teach here at Planetary Headquarters to let go of the things of the past, people or things that would hold you back in the third dimension and keep you from becoming a higher person of consciousness. Letting go allows us to become a responsible person for our own actions and our own future. The third one is learn your purpose. And this third principle, we also teach at Planetary Headquarters. We teach that every soul, either a starseed or a new soul, what we call the first time you ancient or first light soul, has a destiny, a purpose. Some of those destinies and purposes uh, are, we would say, of a, a higher purpose in the sense that they are meant to reach more people for God, reach more of the masses. However, whatever destiny or purpose that you have, it is very important in the total plan of God. And it is possible for each and every soul on the planet to learn the purposes. And I say purposes plural because those purposes were change. There may be one overriding purpose at some point in your maturity. But in the meantime, before you become spiritually mature, God may have many things for you to do. And he is a very, very good architect and designer of your future. Some of these things about who you are and what you are to be can be known when you are very, very young, even before you are a teenager. This comes to the mandate of the bright and morning star. And many, many adults and children here at Planetary Headquarters have come into their higher purpose Many children here in the children's schools of Mekizedek have been given transmissions and know their destiny purpose, where it, has, where it has taken some of us in our 40s, 50s, and 60s to just now begin to find out. The fourth principle is live in the question. And they talk about The temptation in Apollo 13 was to turn the spacecraft around and fire the engine as soon as the magnitude of the problem was known. The flight director avoided the quick solution and instead asked his team to live in the question for three days, relying on their capabilities to get the astronauts home safely. As it turned out, the quick solution would have been a deadly one since the engine was damaged. So flexibility is required so that we can be open to the potential of the unknown. And it's said that Confucius said to expect the unexpected. Here at Planetary Headquarters and in the Urantia book, we understand that we are agendanters. Agendanters meaning that there's always a little bit of doubt until fusion about the reality of God about the reality of being in the destiny of God's will, about angels, 
about what we would call supernatural things. No matter how many supernatural things may happen to someone, no matter how many supernatural things that we may see, as long as we are not fused with the thought adjuster, whatever that is that keeps us in doubt about God, that doubt is real. And so it's what we do with those doubts, how we act or don't act upon them, the loyalty that we would call faith to God and to God's leaders. That is what is important. And so as we live in the question, we ought to be highly motivated in the principles of God and the principles of righteousness and in the principles of loyalty to God and to God's true spiritual administration. Number five is learn the art of barn raising. Today's emphasis on teamwork recognizes this basic need to work with and through others. A shared purpose motivates individuals to contribute their energy, skills, and abilities. And of course, the whole art of barn raising can be called the implementation of divine government. Little did uh, Donna and Paul, who wrote these seven principles of leadership in the Futurist magazine, know that the principle of barn raising is actually the principle of divine government throughout all of the grand universe. Number six, give it away. They say, a paradox of life is that the more we try to hold on to something, the more likely we are to lose it. Viewing people as abundant renewable resources and giving away authority allows the full power of individuals to be realized. The potential of teams and organizations can likewise be multiplied. This is accomplished through ennobling, enabling, empowering, and encouraging ourselves and others. Empowerment feels if it is attempted without enablement and enablement first. And it will feel if people are not encouraged to learn from their mistakes. You must relentlessly pursue the release of authority and control. And we say here at Planetary Headquarters that indeed give it away. One of the first principles that Jesus taught his apostles and disciples. He said, leave it behind, give it away, and come and follow me. Many cannot really follow God because they are truly hanging on to the things which will keep them back from true God growth. That which is your God material becomes your God. Many people are trapped in a world of materialistic things. They are trapped in the boxes of their own dreams. They are trapped in the boxes of their own making. They find security in those things. And in those things that they find security in, the floods come and wash them away. Or the fires come and burns them up. Or the earthquake. And so they find out that those things that they attach their security to are not real. However, many people 
even when they lose those things. Turn around and try to get them back again. Some people, however, realize after great disasters and the loss of those things, that those things never meant anything. And they discover the truth in life, that they are God's child, and that all the things of the earth belong to all the children of the earth. The things that we have is to be used for the good of others. That's a hard principle to learn when we live in a world of selfishness and greed. Number seven, let the magic happen. The final principle of leadership is to let go of the demands of our ego. We must become a member of the team and utilize our abilities, joining in the shared purpose to help the team achieve its maximum potential. There were always three choices, lead, follow, or get out of the way. The wisdom of leadership in the age of interaction is to know which action to choose for each situation. Here at Planetary Headquarters, we teach submission to true authority, submission to true spiritual elders. Today we hear the word unity, but everybody wants to be a leader. All over this planet, our organizations beginning to stem up. In the New Age, in Christianity, in many fields of life, spiritual and political are movements of some kind to help better the world. Some of these movements are true and have good motives and purposes. Others, however, are formed for the sake of greed and selfishness and because they themselves want to be the leader of it all. We learned at Planetary Headquarters the fifth epic of Revelation, the principle of divine administration. It was George Burns, the comedian, who said, quote, too bad that all the people who know how to run the country are busy driving taxi cabs and cutting hair. I would add to that that I think that most bartenders kind of feel that through counselors too. And in many walks of life, people think that because they've lived a little, that they have the answers to solve the world and people's problems. And in some cases, they may have some answers to help others, but there are certain individuals that have lived thousands of years, we call them starseed, who have become balanced in God in the father-mother circuits and are more capable because of experiential experience within circumstantial reality to function as leaders. Another principle that we teach was also said by Martin Luther in the 16th century. He said, everything that is done in the world is done by hope. Unless we have hope, we can have no real 
equipment inside us. We can have no real vitamins. We can have no real energy to promote change. Hope is the catalyst of change. Without that hope, anything that we do, once we meet failure, once we meet challenge, will be lost in the despair of our anxieties and depression. It is only through hope, hope in God, hope in the understanding of that we live in an ordered and structured universe, that we have a loving Father in heaven. That's the kind of hope that Martin Luther was talking about. The hope that Jesus, who said he will return to this planet, as he promised. The hope that he was who he said he was, the Son of God. We believe that with all of our heart. That is our hope. We believe that this rebellion on your answer will end. We believe that there will be a day of the dawn. We believe that there will be a change point on this planet. We believe that in the goodness the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human soul. We believe that enough people, millions of them, will eventually begin to see that the present system that they are serving, the present God that they are serving, is not the God of paradise and eternity, but the God of self, the God of ignorance, and the God of greed. When enough millions begin to truly turn to the true God, to give the loyalty to the true God. They will turn away from the false institutions, the false religions, the false corporations, and they will lend their talents and every breath of their life to the true hope, the true hope of the Universal Father. And they will understand the experiential God and all that God is down to the local universe and the creator's son of that local universe that they are presently living in, Christ Michael of Nebadon, who came to this planet as Jesus. That is hope. I say, my quote is, under the watchful eye of God, his children build the future. Secure the arms of God, he lends his hands when necessary. Another quote of mine I'd like to share is, to the degree that God is with you will be the degree of your success. Another quote of mine I'd like to share is, if the endeavor is yours and not God's, then be prepared for its eventual failure. Too often, people do good things for the wrong reasons. You can build a crystal cathedral, and seemingly it can be a wonderful thing. And you can fill it with people, because people like crystal cathedrals. But there may be a higher thing if the money spent for that crystal cathedral was spent on perhaps building homes for the homeless, or helping to feed the poor, or educate the poor. 
Jesus never built a crystal cathedral. Somehow, some way, the principle of doing things for the sake of others, building for the sake of others, sharing, giving, trusting, all of these principles can build a new future. But it cannot be done in a world of capitalistic greed. Private property is something that cannot be structured on a fallen world. God owns the earth and God owns all things in it. It is written that God owns all the cattle of a thousand hills. Those seven stages are also similar to what Gandhi taught, what it says in the futuristic seven principles of leadership that I previously read uh, of the Carranza movement. Any stage that brings some form of purity can be a good stage. Perhaps we could come up with a hundred stages of a spiritual movement, and each stage would be equally beautiful and wonderful. Gandhi said that before certain goals can be met, a previous goal has to be met and accomplished, or you can't get to the next one. Perhaps that's true in some areas. We think that the foundations of any movement has to begin with the first principle. The Jesus movement of the 60s ended. The peace movement ended in a sense. Not that the Jesus movement ended completely because, of course, it can never end. Because Jesus is who he said he was. But the Jesus movement of the 60s per se ended because many of the ones who entered the Jesus movement ended up in the institutions of Christianity. And the institutions of Christianity do not have the final answer. The Urantia book and the fifth epical revelation and continuing is a higher revelation of Jesus, a higher revelation of the cosmic Christ. If those thousands in the 60s could have just come to the Urantia book, perhaps one-tenth of them then, could have started, helped to start a divine administration back then. I myself, perhaps, could have been more enlightened if I would have met the Urantia book in my 20s. I did meet Jesus, and that's most important. It's most important to have a relationship with God. And so I'm going to read my seven principles, my seven steps to create a global movement or renaissance. The first step, a true relationship with God, the universal father, and a higher cosmic understanding of the creator's son, Christ Michael, and the higher activation of the spirit of truth, as well as an activation of the universe mother spirit. This promotes a higher connection to the Trinity personality pattern circuits, and it also promotes higher responses to everyday decision-making. Two, the second step, 
becoming a student of the fifth epical revelation, which promotes a higher understanding of divine administration and spiritual hierarchy, becoming an active participant of fourth dimensional reality. The third step, by becoming an active participant of divine government, direct action must be involved. This involves sacrifice and commitment on some level. The fourth step, the sharing of some or all of material assets, depending on one's level of commitment to divine government administration, to distribute as necessary for resource management. The fifth step, the creation of divine new order art in all areas of life. Religion must not be dull, but awesomely exciting. The sixth step, becoming visible fourth dimensional leaders in all areas of life. The seventh step, creating educational aids and curriculum to help implement divine government in other sector areas of this planet. And so I will end this talk with this brief message. The first step is most important, not only to come to God, but to come to the universe of Father and to come to the local universe Son. We know and understand that Jesus came to this planet as the Son of Man and Son of God. But in continuing fifth epical revelation, in the fifth epical revelation, we are told that Jesus' higher name is Christ Michael, that he is of an order of beings called the Michael Sons, that basically there are 100,000 Michael Sons, and that each Michael Son creates his own universe, and that each one of these universes have 10 million inhabited worlds, eventually. The universe of Nevadon is a young universe. Right now, we only have approximately six and a half million inhabited worlds, of which Rancha is number 606 of the system of Satania in the universe of Nebadon. It is a very structured and ordered universe. And so just understanding Jesus as the Son of Man and the Son of God is not quite enough. For now it is time to understand Jesus as Jesus, the Michael Son. Michael is the creator son of Nebadon, Jesus Christ Michael. Many Michael sons have other names. Jesus himself has been known by many names in his universe. On this planet, he was known as Jesus. Some, Yeshua, know him as Savior, and he is indeed that, the Savior of mankind. But he did not come to die for the sins of mankind. No, more than that, he came to teach the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. He did come to teach the difference between evil, sin, and iniquity, 
and that, yes, man indeed was in rebellion, but it was not the will of God that Jesus die on the cross. It was not the will of God that he would suffer. It was not the will of God that any of you would suffer. What kind of father would want his children to suffer? It was the will of man, the will of sin, the will of evil, the will of iniquity that caused his suffering. It is that same sin, evil, and iniquity that causes your suffering. Jesus did not have to die on that cross. He could have used his miraculous powers of the Creator's Son to stop what was happening. He chose to do the Father's will. And what was the Father's will? The Father's will is not to impose upon the free will of his creature life. Free will is just that. Free will. And so if you choose to do something wrong, then you will do it and you will be allowed to do it with the hopes that you will see the wrong in what you have done. Change. And forgive me for using the word, but it's a good one. Repent. John the Baptist used it. Jesus used it. Repent. It is not an old or an archaic word. It is a word that is true and forever enlightening. You need to repent. You need to repent of so many things. You need to see yourself as part of the problem. You need to see yourself as part of the rebellion. The fifth epic of Revelation and continuing helps you to understand that. If you are a star seed, that means that you are from another universe. And at one time you lived in a higher reality. You lived in a higher culture. You fell from that reality and there was a longing in you to go back home. There was a longing in you to live in a higher reality. And every chance you get when you are in your higher self at some level, you attempt to do something great and someone stops you or they don't understand you, or you are blocked by the blockages of life, which keeps you in a lower self. You have to understand that there is no avenue for you. There was no way in which you can come into your higher self out there in the third dimension. So you have to take another step. And that other step is divine administration, and the Divine New Order Government and Planetary Headquarters. Perhaps you listening to this tape are called to be a Divine Reservist. You are called to be a Destiny Reservist. You are called to be part of that change point, and you are called to become a change agent. In order to do that, you have to learn the higher language. And you have to learn to put that into place. It's not just reading the Urantia book or knowing the Urantia book, just like it's not just knowing the Bible. Knowing the Old and New Testament, verse, page, and chapter, and so on, is not as nearly as important, of course, 
and knowing the God of that book, knowing the God of the Urantia book, knowing that God at one degree and knowing that God in the hundredth degree from one to a hundred, those that know God at the hundredth degree and can be more highly in his perfect will can be more functional. In order to be more functional and in the hundredth degree, you have to know the cosmic God. You cannot just call the local universe son Jesus anymore. You have to know him as Christ Michael. You have to know him as a Michael son and a creator son. The spirit of truth that has already begun to be activated in you has to be more fully activated now to connect with the circuits. The principles of energy moving matter, thought, mind, thinking, moves particles. Higher thinking manifests higher reality in your life. This is only activated by functional beings who understand God in the very highest way within functional minds of higher thought. The very neurotransmitters within your mind are short-circuited when you have a small God. If anything that I have said in the previous hour or so has even begun to flash an opening within your mind circuits of your past or of your future, then I have accomplished my task. But now you have to take the next step. And the next step for you then would be to contact us here at Planetary Headquarters. From that next step can lead to the fulfillment of your destiny and for you to become truly a change agent. I bid you all now farewell and God's blessings. Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase, an ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org.